Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Gundam Zeta, episodes 17 through 20. Uh, and we have with us Luke. Couldn't find my mute button. Hello. <laughs> and Scotty. Hey. That's it. That's it. That's all we get from you this week. You didn't let him go before me, so he didn't. Uh, have Look, we it. got we got four episodes to cover. I gotta I gotta ease off the shtick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll have to put it in there somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah. So episode seventeen through twenty. So we're gonna affectionately call this the uh, the four arc, <laughs> and you'll find out why as we go through here. Obviously, if you're watching along with us, then Is it because there's four episodes. There's four episodes. There's uh, a girl named Four. There's, I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's some other four things in there, right? Amaro has four fingers. Uh, four fingers. One. At least four fingers. Four appendages. Four, yeah, four limbs. There we go. Four holes. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All right. So let's start off with uh, episode 17, Hong Kong City. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be able to guess where this episode actually happens for the most part. But um, let's talk about the Titans. Tucson. So, what's that? It's in Tucson. Tucson. Yeah, it starts off in Tucson, Arizona. Um, the Titans, uh, in, in the form of the Sudori, are now led by uh, Captain Wooder. And they are heading towards Japan to avenge uh, Buran, who uh, unceremoniously was uh, killed in the last episode. Yeah. Um, Amuro is pumped. Uh, I guess now that he has gotten laid, he is just you know hot to try to to fight some titans. Um, the Aldumla decides that they're going to go resupply at New Hong Kong, um, which is obviously not where this episode is going to happen because this is called Hong Kong City, not New Hong Kong City. <laughs> um, Consistency. <laughs> Maybe it's Hong Kong City within the territory of New Hong Kong, and they are very ambiguous about. Oh, well, I mean, we, it, Universal Century kind of just doesn't bother with national borders, right? So. Hey, listen, Hong Kong is part of China and has always been a part of China, just like Taiwan, Japan, the Western U.S., Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We just lost our Chinese listener. <laughs> well, we're probably, look, we're probably not available behind the firewall anyway. Probably not. All right. Um, so Beltorchia is uh, trying to convince Camille that he needs to stop piling the Mark II because Amaro is uh, a big hero from the One Year War and Camille isn't. He's just a little kid with a girl's name. To be fair, he's probably better. Uh, I, I think like right now he's probably not because Amaro's still got some of that you know rust on him. Um, but I mean, dude. They throw him in a Rick Diaz, and he doesn't die. It, it's fair enough. He's really good. 
Well, the Rick Diaz are, are in relatively new suits in, in the set right now, right? But they're not. I, they're they're but, garbage suits, but I mean, the Mark II isn't like magically like way better. It's a GM with a Gundam head. Well, you got you got to give the Mark II a little more credit than that. You're thinking of the ground Gundam now. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's basically it it's not a the crazy awesome Gundam like he's used to. Um, all right, uh, yeah. So Bell Torchica is just like harassing Camille, and uh, and Camille just basically cusses her out and ba- says, uh, "You're only trying to do what's best for Amaro so he can gain more confidence in himself." And I mean, she is, but that's because she's banging him. Um, I think this is one of the few times that Camille is a dick to someone, and it's actually a little bit justified. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it, in, I, this this might be as good of a time as any to discuss this. Um, and we've kind of like ragged on on Tamino a lot. He, I don't think he has the capability to develop a female character that is likable. That's that's accurate. I think like Mirai is the closest he ever gets. Even then, I I like uh, Rue Luca a lot in Double Zeta. Okay, that's fair. And and uh, oh no, he didn't write Unicorn. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right, I will I will give him like Rue and um, uh, uh, is it um, it's the blonde in Double Zeta. Zeta. Not Sayla and Double Zeta. Oh, Double Zeta. Oh, I names. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so it's hard for him to to develop a female, a strong female protagonist that doesn't like just suck at some point. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So, uh, we see this ugly shuttle booster looking thing where the Titans they at first believe it is a giant shuttle booster that is linking up with uh, the Sudori. Um, and we get to meet Namida Cornell and four uh, uh, Murasume. Uh, I said that right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. In the dub, they, they pronounce her name uh, Namika, the, the director. It's with a K, so I don't know if it's supposed to be, but that's just how they pronounce it. Uh, the other thing is they do get shuttle boosters delivered, just and then they are not brought up again for quite a while, but they are also... Oh, you know, you're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 They don't show it. They say, we're delivering shuttle boosters, and then we see this weird-looking thing show up to the, the, the ship. So we, at, at that point, assume that's what it is. It's a black box. It's a giant, ugly-looking suit, which we don't know is a suit yet. Um, yeah. So uh, we get to meet... Four is the pilot of this ugly-looking thing, um, and she very much just announces that, you know, if you want me to fight for you... Um, I can't, I, I'll fight for you, but you can't tell me what to do. Otherwise I'm going to go back to Japan. Um, to which Wooders basically like, okay, I guess. 
Um, so back to New Hong Kong City. Um, we, we see a little brief uh, chat where Hayato is talking to some some bureaucrats, and they say, "Make sure you don't load any weapons onto the Aldumla. That would be illegal." And Hayato's like, "Of course not. I would never do something like that." Um, just, just like Anaheim would never sell to both sides, right? Why would you um, think I would do something like that? <laughs> never. Uh, and then we learned that Hayato and, and crew are looking for someone named Luo, um, which starts showing up on like all of these buildings. So Luo is like some mega corporation, but it's also a person. It's a mega corporation owned by a person. And Kai is the one that tipped them off to that being a potential uh, ally that they should try to get in touch with. Those that watched Gundam Narrative will recognize Luo and company. Uh, they are also Kai. Again, name drops them in Unicorn. It's hinted very strongly that he has very strong ties to them, but it's never directly given, which, hey, I guess he's doing something right in the secret squirrel world in that case. So, yeah, if you watch the narrative, you'll know there's a whole other thing going on with them that's a more recent development, a, a retcon, if you will. Yeah, but I think that gives this more... It gives this a bit more importance now watching Zeta again after that. So um, Amaro, Amaro and Beltorchica run into Mirai while they're looking for Luo. Oh, and um, by the way, I enjoy how they kind of make it seem like it's going to be difficult for them to find Luo and co. Yeah. But then it's <laughs> on the building. Yeah. like a big sign luo and co it's like a there what is it like an unemployment or like money loaning I, like i it, it could be a bank like there's just basically like long lines of people standing around and yeah they're like i i think this place they were getting um they were trying to get a, like a, on a lottery to get on a ship it's the literal dmv yeah, this place, like, it, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, well, that's that's something that I think you mentioned that Amaro notices Mirai. Yeah. And there, this is another thing I enjoyed. Mirai explains this. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but she explains that they are on a waiting list to get to space. Yeah. But it is a black market waiting list. So they're officially on a black market wait list, officially. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. So, uh, you know, going back to the last episode, before we, we go into that, we, we we hear the pronunciation for the daughter's name. So she is no longer Nugget. She is Shaman. It's not what my notes say. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, forever Nugget in your part? She's, I mean, she's Forever Nugget for me, but um, I mean, because I think this is the only time she ever really shows up and is of note. Like... Maybe like whenever Mirai shows up again in the future, but yeah. Everyone assuming that sometime in the next year, I will be able to go to a theater without um, getting the COVID and dying and that the movie actually comes out. If she shows up in Hathaway's flash, I'm going to be the only idiot in the theater that like starts giggling. Nugget! <laughs> and yeah. Nugget! Yep. I'll have to resist the urge. Well, listen, guys. Here's the thing: if if you listen to this podcast, all all three of you, um, 
it, if she shows up in, in uh, Hathaway's Flash, just start chanting Nugget in the movie theater. Everybody will get it. Everybody will get it. Don't worry. Hey, now, when you say three of you, it's three digits. It is. We're, we're at three digits worth of listeners now. That's right. Or at least three digits worth of bots downloading our episodes. It's fine, too. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we find out that uh, Spotify is has like 100 bots that uh, Spiders, we only had 101 listeners. Shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, they're, they're trying to get, Mariah and her family are trying to get into space because she wants to raise them in space. Um, she, even if Bright's not with her, because Amro and, and Beltorchik are like, don't you want to go, like, see Bright? And she's like, uh, just, you know, that would be nice, but, uh, I'd rather, like, get into space and raise my kids there. And keep in mind, Bright is actually from Earth. I don't, I don't know if we ever learned exactly where Mirai was from. Um, I know she was like a big, her, her dad owned like a, a like a space-based company, but I don't know if, if she was space-noid or not, but I, but Bright definitely was from Earth. She was Remember, she's coming she's coming up into space at the beginning of Mobile Suit Gundam, or I think that's shown in the last episode of Origin. Uh, so I think they are from Earth because she even mentions when they start, um, when she starts helming the white base about how she flew uh, something else. But I believe it was a glider of some kind, which you can't. Yeah, really have. Right. I don't think you have gliders in space. In colonies, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, all right. So uh, Amro breaks in line and he says he, he announces that he's here to see L- L- Luo Wumi. And then um, some woman in the very back of the room has like a little sparkle in her eye. And then uh, a giant fight breaks out and Amro just gets pummeled relentlessly while telling everybody to get the hell out. Um yeah, Amro's a dick. Uh, <laughs> so uh, around the same time, this uh, giant booster we saw at the beginning of the episode um, lands in Hong Kong, uh, right near where Amro and the uh, crew are. And we see that Four is a, is the pilot of this thing still with evil Satan eyes. Um, and she is uh, hunting for the Mark II. Um, and just as she announces that she's hunting for the Mark II, Camille conveniently launches. Um, we learn uh, from Wooder and uh, what are, uh, Namika that cyber new types uh, experience mental breakdowns. Uh, they're basically talking about, oh, she might have another mental breakdown in the middle of the battle, and she won't know friend from friend from foe. Um, so they were basically like, we should only send her, uh, and nobody else. Cause we're going to lose all of our people if, if, if she flips, um, which is a very, you know, this is going to carry through. They never really perfect cyber new types. So they're, they're all crazy in some way or another. You would think that messing with people to make them like, I don't know, space ghost magicians or something like that. You, you would think doing that to people would be fine <laughs> yeah um so well, they're they're kind of early in the process here as well in 0087 whereas they would you know they started that kind of research 
a lot under Guerin's direction in 0079 and places like the Flanagan Institute. Um, you know, it's still only eight years. And yeah, it, it's not that stuff has not been going on the entire interim because it has, but you know, people still have to grow and like, there's nothing here that suggests any kind of actual accelerated growth has been introduced. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still kind of early in all of these experiments. We are not, we have not gone full frontal yet. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink, full frontal. Yep. You saw what uh, I did there. I did. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Or even the guy in uh, F90. Or Who? The guy, the guy with the helmet. I don't fucking remember any of that. I mean, I remember the guy, but I don't know. Yeah, he was, he was the cyber new type, I think. I believe it. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, so she begins just unloading in the middle of the city with her weird rock, the booster laser things. They look like it, the chest. So just, just so we know, this is a Psycho Gundam in its non-Gundam form. And it has these little um, rocket booster looking chest lasers that just shoot out in all weird random directions. Um, and she just starts unloading in the middle of the city. Yep. So that is a three layer diffuse mega particle cannon. Glad you had that one ready. <laughs> it, it's firing arc is just bizarre. It, it doesn't fire straight. It just fires all around. That's the diffuse. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Diffuse. However you want to pronounce it. Um, Yep. So, um, and then so Amaro, Mirai, and Camille all sense her crazy new type like voodoo aura. Um, and then uh, we see Amaro meeting Luo's daughter, which was the lady in in the DMV that had the weird eye twinkle. Is it Stephanie? Yes, it is Stephanie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and hairspray. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the eighties, man. 1985, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. there's some, some hairspray or perm or something going on. All I know is Michelle doesn't have anything like that happening. <laughs> this is this is deep into the 80s. This is peak peak 80s uh, hairstyles. Um, yep. So they're they're getting ready to talk, and Amro's like, "No, we need to get the hell out of here because this." Shit, this building's gonna fall in on us because there's this crazy uh, thing floating around the city blowing shit up. Um, and then uh, Camille finally starts attacking the suit, and he's like, "Ah, oh, it has a beam barrier, so he can't really do much to it." Um, it but he jumps on top of it and rides it like a a, a bull and gets thrown off like you do. Um, and the the Alduma launches some Nemo's. Uh, which you know, Nemo's are kind of like Star Trek brown shirts. You know, you know they're gonna die. Uh, red shirts. Red shirts. Sorry, I think I've, I messed that one up a lot. Um, eh. I don't so, think it formally has an eye field generator. I don't believe it does, but it's it, beam it barrier is it. a yeah. Beam barrier is a weird term. I wonder if it's just like the like the like a magnetic coating or something along those lines. It's like really thick for it, or because when they in the past when they've had the mobile armors that have the eye field, they specifically say 
oh, it has an IFIL generator, and that's how they, you know, you attack the IFIL generator, and that's how you, you know, eventually take the suit no. suit down. No. I just I just looked. It's just an anti beam coating on the armor. Okay. Yep. Um. So, uh, four finally transforms it into the giant psycho Gundam and just obliterates a huge part of the city. It looks like she basically drops a mini nuke and blows up a huge part of the city. Uh, and Camille is just fruitlessly attacking the Psycho Gundam. Uh, but I mean, he, he's basically like an annoying little fly. And I think we've mentioned this a handful of times. Um, Camille, Karaba, and Ayug are basically just outgunned at this point. Um, Technology-wise, their suits are... Uh, they, they haven't been very effective um, the past several episodes. Um, they've, they've been able to eke out some wins, but it's usually... Uh, tactical wins where they end up doing stuff not through sheer force. Well, and that's why Amaro is armchair quarterbacking this battle from the streets because he's watching Camille. I mean, he's into it. Like he's yeah. he's into it, but he's also watching Camille. Like, no, you're not supposed to do it that way. <laughs> he, doesn't, he never really gets into what he should be doing, but the narrative, the, the dialogue, he eventually fights too, and 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 he yeah. never really. Like he, he gets distracted he, and has an yeah. arm blown off by a Hyzak. Yeah, if he if he has the solution, he never shows it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, you just have like a few minutes really of Camille attacking the Psycho Gundam and then getting like knocked away mm-hmm. and then like chest lasers firing, rinse repeat um, with like a different background every for for like a few minutes. Um, you gotta save money on animation somewhere. Well, it's not the same animation. It's just like what's happening. To the best you can tell. <laughs> and, we and have then the, to have a battle every episode. Yeah. Well, this is like a, a pretty big battle. Hey, regardless, the point remains. Um, the Nemos get blown up as well. Um, and then, like, out of nowhere, Camille... So this, this is where they can continue the battle later, like Scotty says. Camille new type rages... And uh, four is like, ah, I need to get out of here. He he's got an aura, and she like flies away, and everybody's like, okay. Uh, and yeah, so basically, four gets like nauseated and flies away, and um, yeah, and Amro is just bitching the entire fight, like, ah, oh, you should have done better. So this is something that we first get a hint of with Shirako, the little bit that we saw him, where they're all, oh, what's this pressure, right? Yeah. Pressure is the word they always use in the dub. I don't know if there's a better word for it, but you see here Camille sort of exerting that same mental pressure, if you will. And this is the first time we get a real flash of that with Camille other than, like, you know, we had seen plenty of his like new type awareness, yeah, fighting sense kind of stuff with Rekoa and Kai and earlier in this episode with all the others. But this is the first time you get that flash of him using the force or whatever. Yeah, he, well, I mean, as he's getting way. pissed, his his right emotions are causing him to basically like like force feed rage to people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> And when four gets back to the Sidori and Nami car, I actually went and looked her name. Yeah. Spell it. Uh, Nami car is kind of scolding her. She says, you don't get it. It felt like there were snakes in my head. 
Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, the Aldumla right after this part is get, gets resupplied. So um, no weapons, of course, because that would be illegal, but they get resupplied. Um, <laughs> and then again, Beltorchica begins her down, continues her downfall into a shitty character. Um, she just spends uh, another few minutes of our time um, explaining to Mirai how to be a parent. Um, you know, you need the dad to be there. How, how are you raising these children throughout the family? And uh, like any, any unsolicited advice that somebody never wants to hear when somebody's like, hey, you know what you should do with your money? This is how you should spend it. This would be way better. Mirai is basically like, oh, thank you. That's great. Wow. I, I'm good. I think I know what to do. <laughs> I got Mirai claims not to be a new type. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they, they specifically showed her having like sensitivity when four was showing up. So, yeah. She's, she's being nice to Bill Toshka. That's what that she's, is. She's in denial. <laughs> yeah, Mirai is like, mm, yeah, all right, whatever. They both, they're, 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 they're both new types. They both know. They're just, yeah. <laughs> um, Amaro at this point tells Camille to be wary of gravity and its ability to just drag a soul down to Earth. Oh, God. <laughs> Talk about like some out of nowhere, very heavy. Not really. Is it elevator talk? Maybe it starts in the hangar and ends up on an elevator. But look, it's some reminder of the thematic stuff, and it's also letting Amaro illustrate. Well, I say illustrate, but Amaro is describing the or one of the themes of the show. Whereas previously, you had Char do this a lot. Yeah, I think right? I think for Amaro saying it, it's more. This is what happened to me. Well, you know. yeah, yeah, and and there are things in the upcoming episodes that give some more depth to that, yeah. and why he would, why he would say that, and why he describes it that way. Um, but he's he finds what he did, which is staying on Earth, and because now he, this is the first time he's like tried to get out of Cheyenne. Well, maybe not tried, but like the first time he's really applied himself in trying to get out of the under the feds noses in Cheyenne and he's done it and it hasn't been too hard. And so now he's thinking of it as a mistake that he, you know, got to earth and kind of allowed himself to be shackled to it. And he doesn't want Camille to do the same thing. Yeah. He's trying to be a bro, but at the same time it's still Amaro. So he's kind of whining a bit too. Yeah. Yeah. He's matured somewhat, but not, he's still Amaro. Um, all right, so that's the end of episode eight or seventeen. Now we go on to episode eighteen. Um, previously, we had talked about the titles alternating good title episodes. They don't do it this time around. We get two two terrible ones followed by two okay ones. So episode eighteen is Mirai captured. Um, I wonder what's going to happen. Five bucks if you can guess <laughs> what happens in this one. <sighs> All right. Um, Amaro begins the episode by offering to help get uh, Mirai and her family into space. Um, and oh. then we... Sorry, they are on... There's a reason they're on a boat. Right? 
um, we, we didn't explain this, but the first few times I watched this series, I hadn't paid, I guess, close enough attention to notice this. I was always just thinking, why are they on a boat right here? And it's because instead of staying at a hotel, Mirai has the kids staying at that cruise ship basically as a hotel while it's docked there. But this is the, admittedly, I think this is the fourth, maybe fifth time I've watched through this show. It's in its entirety, at least. And I never, I always just like, why are they on a boat all of a sudden? What are they doing? And I just just assumed that they were out like, Having a, having a nice little tea together while they're getting resupplied. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we see four catch a little glider that Shaman threw. Um, this is probably the most important thing Shaman does the entire series. <laughs> um, so we learned that four is kind of a wall hanging around Hong Kong, just doing her own thing. Well, they show um, her. They show her escaping and her pat by the target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, she's a wall. She, she's not supposed to be out there. Um, and uh, she manages. She gives the glider back to Hathaway, and she happens to overhear that someone is Amro, and she, you know, knows who Amro Ray is. Um, and then she's like, "Ha! Huh, I wonder if this, if Amro is the pilot of the Mark II." Um, and so she notices that Camille. Uh, was talking to Amaro and is like, huh, if I get close to this kid, maybe I can get close to Amaro. And who knows what she wanted to do from there, but she's going to tail him. So she jumps into a car with Camille and uh, just just hitches a ride. He doesn't really offer her a ride. She just kind of like jumps in and says, you're taking me somewhere. And he's like, all right, I've got a hot girl with me and I'm, what, 16? To be fair, I'm pretty sure she asked. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, this, but, re- this relationship progresses quickly. Yeah, yeah, they, they get along pretty well. Um, Four and Camille commiserate over their their shitty names. Neither of them like their names. Um, you know, this is how their relationship starts. It's how their relationship ends. Um, and then. We see Mirai and the children. What? What's the word? Oh, man, it might have been the word is escaping me. It might have been something in the episode title. Oh, they're they're captured. I think that's what happens. Yeah, they get captured. Um, so that happens. They, they these creepy guys kind of break in. It's uh, these Hong Kong uh, Titan agents. Uh, and then we go back to f- four with Camille, um, and four is basically telling Camille, "I'll go anywhere with you." Um, and Camille tells that tells uh, four that he would be jealous if she was a big fan of Amaro Ray. So she's like, "No, I'm not a fan of Amaro." And like she wraps her arms around him, and is like, "I'll bang you, Camille." Um, Something along. Scott Scotty's giving me a weird look right now. No, I was saying they're as you said, this is escalating quickly. Yeah, yeah by um, the, end of the car ride, she's like laying on a Yeah. It, probably it's, giving it's, a hand job under the steering wheel, you know. Yeah. Look. It's almost like a, a slightly better like I'm, this 
this relationship makes slightly more sense than the Amaro and Lala relationship. So, and they this, even comment on that later. Yeah, well, and now this scene, just keep in mind now that, okay, so as it progresses, four is kind of asking Camille, are you an AUG pilot? And he's like, well, yeah, I guess. And she's like, let me out of the car. And then you have a Titans agent that's been trailing her, and she goes up to him and is like, oh, well, um, uh, 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 I don't, I don't like what Wooder, you know, is, is doing, having you follow me. But, you know, I was just, I was just keeping track of an enemy pilot. That's all I've been doing. Yeah, duh. Now, Lane and Luke, I think you have in the past, maybe, I don't remember, you read the Mobile Suit Gundam novels. Yep. What yeah. is this? This scene is lifted from Amaro on side six. This is after Texas Colony oh, yeah. and the RX-782 get blown up and all that. And we're talking about the novels in case you're hearing me put things way out of order. It's different. And he meets that Cusco Al. Now, granted, he you know meets her on the ship and then they eventually are in the colony later. But remember, like he picks her up in the car they are quickly forming a bond and getting flirty. He quickly pisses her off and drops her off. And then someone that was coming to get her comes up to her. And this stuff with Camille and for after reading those novels, I mean, it's this basically, is, yeah, very similar. This is the Cusco owl stuff, but because we couldn't go back and redo the old series, use new characters and it, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you wrote it; you might as well, might as well use it. Why not? Um, so we hear over the radio the Titans threaten to attack New Hong Kong if the Al Dumla isn't handed over um, to the Titans. Um, and around the same time, Four actually figures out that Camille is actually the Mark II pilot. Um. And Amaro, during this this whole like weird hostage scene, um, is he takes a boat and he goes to the um, Titan ship and says that he they're, they're like a sub now. I I don't know where the sub came from, but like it's those Hong Kong. There's a brief scene where there it's with Wooder and he's on this thing and they're inside of it. And what this is is some agents from Hong Kong yeah, that yeah. are trying to suck the teat of the Titans. And they're very, very eager and happy to help. And so that's where these have come from. It's not part of their loadout on the Sudori, okay. but it's just some like internal underworld shady guys trying to be cooler with the gang bros. Like, yeah, we're going to help the Titans. That's, that's good for everybody. They're nice guys. <laughs> yeah. The hostages so now. Yeah. So uh, Amro ex offers to exchange himself for Mirai, and um, Wooder's like, yeah, of course I'll do that. Of course I'll do that. Here, get on my boat, and Mirai and your kids, why don't you get on, on, on Amro's boat, all right? All right, all right Amro, you can get in. All right, you go ahead, drive away, Mirai. Yeah. All right, look, look, look how she's driving away. Oh. Look at that underwater uh, suit that just grabbed the boat. How did that happen? Oh, you, you can't look, Amaro. We just punched you. 
<laughs> now we have oh i knew this came up some i i knew when we were joking about it this came up somewhere and now we got four hostages yeah <laughs> yeah that was funny like the you know they, they they were announcing it and they said we'll give you the four you know or we'll kill the four hostages and and uh Hyler was like oh, god damn it Alvaro. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that was to send cool. a Nemo on a sled <laughs> to go get Camille. Uh, and now this is this is an excellent scene, though, because oh, I'm 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 skipping an important point that I will go right back to. Um, Hayato sends out that Nemo on a sled to get Camille, and Camille has been driving that little blue whatever golf cart. Uh, yeah. And only when he sees the Nemo on the sled does he buckle up finally. <laughs> and he then hops his car just over this like dock rail because it's yeah. wrong there beside the, the water and it lands it on the sled. And don't ask me how he gets it to stop. It, I, uh, it showed it. Um, it, it like the, I think the hand or no, it, yeah, it stopped it with its hand. So it like okay. landed on the sled and it kind of like, brace the fall like and he still like hit his head or something but well i mean hey but at least now we know nemos are good for something and the point that i skipped is that for at this point it's i don't remember if this is um just her internal thoughts that they have play I, i didn't write it down but what i did write down is that she at this point describes how she is determined to not let Ben Wooder stand in the way of her getting her memories back from the Marasame new type lab, because that's important to her. So her entire motivation is, is right there. That's why I want to get back to it. Uh, they have done something with her episodic memory and obviously not her semantic memory because she can still talk and walk and, right, right, right. but they've done something to that, to tinker with it and are using that, to get her to do what they want. Yep. So um, Hayato comes up with a plan to trick uh, Wooder and company to thinking that they'll actually surrender to get the hostages back um, and move the battle outside of the city because they just, you know, they know that the Titans will do whatever to blow this city up and don't give a fuck. Uh, And uh, Karabo doesn't play that game. So, um, Camille, you get that, yeah, you got that awkward thing with Camille and Stephanie Luo. Oh yeah, we're. I, I thought I could have swore I had a note, of, but but he's basically like, she. Is that this episode that he says that? Yeah, he's like she has such a womanly presence. It's oh yeah, I was thinking of the next episode where where yeah. he calls her Miss Mr. Wong or Miss Wongley. Yeah, <laughs> like. And, and I was like, you know, it must be the hair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hair. That's what he's detecting. So, um, yeah. So they, the, the Alduma gets into the water and it starts like um, going towards the Titans. Um, and Camille goes underwater. And I think he's like holding on to a rope or something. Is he, is he holding on to something as he follows them? To like keep the momentum, I can't remember. 
either way, he's he's basically following behind Aldubla underwater because you know um, the Titan. There's no such thing as an underwater mobile suit, um, and the Titans wouldn't have any if there were. <laughs> and, and they then, haven't tested the Mark II underwater either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is definitely not Atlas Gundam. Great plan. Um. So yeah. Uh, as soon as he gets underwater, so th- they're flying the, a white flag on the Aldoomla, and Camille notices uh, some underwater suits almost immediately. Um, and at this point, uh, Force starts going crazy and getting like massive headaches. So for like the rest of this episode, um, Four kind of wanders around randomly, like um, complaining that she has a headache and drinking from water fountains and stuff. So I'm not gonna like intersperse her for the next few minutes, but just keep in mind, Four's going crazy. Um, so there are a lot of scene cuts in this part of the episode. Yeah. yeah. So Camille basically has to engage early at this point. He kind of gets surprised by a Titan suit. Um, Hathaway gets knocked into the water. Um, Amaro like kicks somebody and fall and jumps into the water and swims away. He's getting like shot at with machine guns and somehow doesn't get hit. Um, and then this is while his hands are tied. I mean, I think he <laughs> missed his calling as a swimmer. Yeah. Michael Phelps here. Um, so Camille is uh, fighting underwater and manages to actually take out four different suits during the course of this battle. Um, and uh, it kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it just kind of ends. <laughs> the battle kind of ends. And uh, Is this the part where Amaro comments on Camille being like how good Camille is. Maybe. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, everybody gets back together safely and Amaro and Camille are like buddy, buddy at the very end. Sorry. I believe there were four Hyzaks. That was another one. Yeah. There the, were. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And that's how it ends because Camille gets a couple and then takes out the other two. That's how it ends is Camille blows up all their Hyzaks. Yeah. He takes out four Hyzaks. Um, everybody gets together. Uh, Stephanie, Hido, and Amaro are like, good job, Camille. Uh, and Camille and Amaro shake hands, and the episode's over. <laughs> oh, this is where... Well, this is also... That's what it was. The uh, When Camille is coming in with the Mark II, he doesn't completely destroy a wooden pier when he tries to land a mobile suit on it. That's right, but, yeah. Yeah, and this is like one of those rinky-dink wooden piers that they got like <laughs> down on the on the Crystal Coast that you just go over some bay or something, and there's like you know a bunch of people. But now imagine a mobile suit landing on it, like you know, it's basically paper. But Amro is watching. He's like, "Wow, you only half destroyed that. I'm impressed." <laughs> yeah, and um, this is a, another great. I mean, it's it's just a great shot. Um, you know, because like you got Bill Torchka being a, a bitch to Mirai because. Amor is forgetting his duty to the AU. Everybody else is happy and complimenting. And Beltorchka is crying on Amaro's shoulder. And everyone else is happy. And Amaro is shaking Camille's hand like, good job. You did great out there. And the episode ends and like Camille is smiling and Amaro is smiling. And Beltorchka is not. <laughs> she's not getting her way. She, she's, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> episode 19 Cinderella 4 um, so 
Al Dumla is uh, leaving Hong Kong and Beltorchica is complaining. That's that's a good way to start off the episode. See <laughs> yeah, why we've grouped these together. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Amro is trying to give Camille some love advice. Um, and he, he's like trying to basically tell him that none of his feelings are related to being a new type. Um, he's like, no, nah, this isn't new type stuff, bro. I know about new type love, bro. And then Camille's <laughs> like, no, nah, bro, look, it's like we were being pulled into each other's minds. And Amro's like, whoa, bro, wait, hang on. It's and like then before- she's the earth and, and she's dragging my soul into her. <laughs> and then, <laughs> he doesn't say that. And then Beltorchica shows up. Yeah. So Beltorchica and Mirai fight about taking care of Amaro um, and uh, and Lala's long-term influence on Amaro. Um, and they and we get, obviously, they compare Four and Lala to Camille and Amaro. But then another thing here, Mirai will not tell Beltorchica about it, but she will tell Camille. Fun fact about Beltorchica. As you start typing Beltorchica into Google and it does the Google auto-suggest, once it figures out you're typing Beltorchica, it suggests three things. Beltorchica, Beltorchica's children, and Beltorchica annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe the Beltorchica's children novels like make her into a better character. I have to assume they really don't. Look, at least it gives you the high new and the nightingale. Fair enough. That's fair. Um, all right. So, <laughs> four slaps uh, the, the sergeant on uh, on the ship after being called number four. So he, he says, hey, number four, and she slaps the shit out of him. Um, so it's obvious, you know, we, we've talked about it a little bit at this point but up uh, now you can definitely assume um the marasume lab is where she was developed and she was the fourth uh test subject at the marasume lab for cyber new type so for marasume um so it wasn't her real name <laughs> hey we, we've got a lot of weird names. Four would actually be somewhat normal for, for some of these female when, names. When she first, the first time I ever read the, uh, heard this, I was I was watching the dub, and I thought they said Forma, uh, former uh, Asame, and I'm like, that's a pretty normal name. And then they kept talking about Four. I'm like, who's Four? <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to pick up Fa's name, too, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the dub is so consistent. Yeah. So. Um, yep. Yeah, so um, she tells the sergeant that she is, or, or Camille shows up to C4, and she tells the sergeant to fuck off and she'll be back by midnight. Um, and hence, as Scotty pointed out before the episode, when my brain doesn't click, Cinderella 4, back by midnight, all those things happen. Um, so some porn music plays and they start making out and uh, run around freely in the city of uh, Hong Kong. Remember, Camille has stolen a dirt bike to get there. We left that part out. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I wrote in my notes, fucking soft rock guitar riff time. <laughs> Again, this is peak 80s, man. <laughs> Look, you know what's going down, though. 
you can't fault that musical cue. You yeah. know, you know what is. Yeah, about. This, I mean this this is how you t- this is how you narrate without words. This is how I've started every date ever. <laughs> right, you just keep it. It's like a ringtone, you know. You just keep it. <laughs> and and this is this is why I've had. Um, never mind. I'm Sex I can't. once in his life. <laughs> yeah, it's we'll go. Let's go with that. Good enough. <laughs> Good enough for this podcast. <laughs> um, all right. So Four starts telling Camille about her past. Um, again, I think she's very explicitly talks about being the fourth tub su- test subject here. Um, they're kind of like commiserating together. Um, it does bring up that she's a war orphan. Yeah, yeah. And this is, this is something that's kind of... Sorry, Lane. No, go ahead. Uh, this is something that is touched on in some of the ancillary material that came out well after Zeta. I was thinking in particular about Ecole du Ciel, which we didn't cover here because I, it's not finished. Probably never will be. So whatever. But one of the things it does is it has a lot of children coming up into different programs, including different cyber new type programs and things like that. And they are in usually in some way, uh, you know, many of them are orphans, not all, but there's some weird parental stuff going on with all, you know, most of them. And, and a lot of them end up in new type labs, a la Gundam NT. Exactly. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> yep. So, um, yep. As they embrace, an explosion goes off, and uh, we see that the we Titans have, to have a battle every episode. Yep. And we see that the Titans are carpet bombing Hong Kong because that's what you do. Um, and then Four finally figures out once and for all that Camille is the Gundam pilot. I think she had hinted, believe, thought it before, but now she's like, now this kid is the Gundam pilot. Um, Camille. So the Psycho Gundam shows up and it is not being piloted by Four, obviously. And she's like, what the fuck? Um, and, you know, again, there's some more emphasis on her wanting to get her memories back. Um, and that's why she's fighting for the Titans. Um, and then as all this is going on, Amuro launches in a Rift DS because he, more than anyone, knows how to fight the Psycho Gundam. Um, we learned that Wooder is trying to pilot the Psycho Gundam, but as we see him trying to pilot it, it's going very poorly for him, and we learn why. Four is using her uh, crazy, crazy new type powers to essentially land, force land the Psycho Gundam. Which is like, I think this is, I, I think this is one of the most very explicit, um, like voodoo magic examples of us seeing new type powers being like purposefully used in the series up to this point. I mean, I think this was them really establishing that psycho new types are not just psychic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and water gives you one line of his thoughts that explain it. And that's all you're getting. So hope you catch it. But he says, oh, wow, this Psycho Gundam, this seems to be something that connects the human will to a machine. And that's that. Cut to your scene of Camille and Amuro doing stuff. Because in the meantime, 
Camille's used that dirt bike. He's used that light to start doing like some Morse code. So of course, Amaro's like, oh, what's that? Oh, it must be Camille. It's a giant <laughs> city. There's one flashing light. It's Camille. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he uses like Morse code to get his attention. And then yeah. uh, Amaro's like, oh, I'm going to take him back to the Aldula. I didn't pay um, attention to the Morse code. It Maybe it was Amaro. Right. I, I didn't, I didn't see what the Morse code was. Yeah, I, I didn't. didn't pay yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Stephanie slaps the shit out of uh, Camille. And then he calls her a female Wong Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean, does that mean her corrections worked on him? I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there is a interesting Camille and Amaro relationship note that I took here. And it, it's that Camille has this line, how he's telling Amaro how if he won't tell him about all this new type stuff that he's just going to go and find out for himself mistake or not or yeah. whatever his wisdom he's trying to impart says no one is really explaining it to him so he's just going to go find out i think that's a theme for camille's character arc so that's why i wanted to bring it up yeah i mean he's very obstinate and wants to run his own path and if people aren't going to help him then he's going to do whatever he wants to do and he consistently has poor guidance yeah yeah um, so, uh, Camille launches and, uh, we flash over to, uh, four freaking out and just blowing up the city essentially. Um, and at this point, Camille realizes that four is the psycho Gundam pilot. Um, she is just blowing up the city and also trying to take Camille down at the same time at this point. Um, uh, they end up in the water um, after a little bit of battling. Um, they kind of lock lock suits together, um, and Camille comes out, and uh, Four also opens up her hatch. Um, and she tells Camille here that Four says the, the Four tells Camille that the new type lab has told her that she'd only get her memories back if she defeats the Mark II. Um, and Camille's like. Well, you don't need to go back to the new type lab. You can go up into space with me. Um, Ayug has good scientists. I'll, I'll tell you know. I'll help you out. And she basically says, "Go fuck yourself. Um, you can't help me." Um, was that? Just saying, haha. Yeah. So they uh, they un they unlock and because um, she pointed she pointed a gun at him and shot at him. That worked really well. Um, and uh, Camille tries to damage the combat system of the Psycho Gundam. Um, and he, it looks like he hits something that doesn't really say what it hit, but um, it sinks into the water and he like damages another suit that is coming after him at the same time. Well, he, he gets in a good shot. The problem is he doesn't pay attention that there are other Hyzax right. now around and they interrupt, and yeah, it's that's the only shot he's going to get in. But it does show you, Amaro had, at this point, a plan, started to execute it. looked like he was going to, and then just sort of forgot to be aware of his surroundings. Yep. Yep. So um, at this point, Mirai is leaving the Aldumla with Miss Stephanie, um, and Mirai tells Piltorchica not to rush things with Amaro and to act like a, a fucking adult. And to that, Bell Torch kind of looks at her like, huh? 
<laughs> why would I do that? Why would I? Why would I grow up? Um, and uh, the Aldumla finally leaves Hong Kong at the end of this episode. Episode twenty: The Heated Escape. This is this is probably the uh, one of the better titles we have in this episode. What? <laughs> or not in this episode? In this, well, we got two shitty titles. We two got, like, titles, a good title, and a, an okay, okay, an okay title. At least it's better. It's it's better than like, you know, force steals a rocket. Yeah, Camille's <laughs> return to space. <laughs> Water gets blowed up. <laughs> Water dies. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Zeta episode 20, Water Dies. Um, Amaro and Baltorkacha are arguing with each other about war. <laughs> Baltorkacha, you suck. Um, Don't worry, she won't be around for a while. <laughs> um, Amaro wants to return to space and uh, improve himself. And he also, at this point, says he wants to help Camille as, as well. Um, Amaro is feeling it, man. He is feeling the mobile suit combat. Yeah. He's, he's now feeling it over sex with women. Before yeah. it was both of those when we started this set of episodes. Now it's all about the mobile suit combat. And he's like, I'm going to go to space to better myself. But he's thinking in his head to fucking fight in mobile suits. <laughs> going to take this Rick Dias and shove it up somebody's ass. Get over here, Beltorchka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so uh, Wooder threatens Four with closing the new type labs and cutting off the access her access to her memories uh, if she doesn't like do her job. Uh, so this is you yeah. know negative reinforcements. And we we also learn this is an important note. Their entire force right now is the damage. Psycho Gundam. Well, presumably still damaged. Maybe they're working on it. And five Hyzax. Yep. That's so, all they do. Do we actually believe, because I don't think it's ever addressed anywhere that I'm aware of, that they actually can give her, her memories back to any real degree? Or is this just like an empty promise that they're like stringing her along with? I believe it. Go ahead, Lou. No, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's a carrot on the end of the stick, man. I don't think they. Well, maybe they can, but I don't know. I don't think they ever had any intention of doing it. Uh, it's, if I recall correctly, it may come up later, but already at this point, the implication and just thinking about story structure and it's the protagonist's love interest, but this is the conflict between them. Of course, they can't. Yeah. I, the thing I was going to compare it to is, um, and I'm, I forgot her name completely, um, the the doctor in Thunderbolt. You know, like the the only way that they would legitimately be able to actually like restore her memories is not by like giving her her memories back, but is like long term therapy. You know, like they gave the the doctor in Thunderbolt. Um, so. I don't. I think it's more along the lines of we could try to, but they don't tell it to her like that. They're like, "Yeah, we'll get your memories back. You just, you just fucking take out the mark too." <laughs> um, all right. So 
the Argama is, we learned that the Argama is going to be descending before the Alduma arrives at the New Guinea Titan space. So right. if, if we remember back like five episodes ago, five or six episodes ago, um, they were going to go attack this New Guinea Titan's base um, and blow it up and do whatever to it. Um, and they were still on route to do that. But now we learned that the, the Argama is going to be descending into... Not not into Earth orbit, or it's going to be in like low Earth orbit, where like they could reach yeah. reach the Argon satellite orbit. Yeah, and this is really early, yeah, because it shows Amaro and Hayato both get you know with the intelligence that they've presumably gotten from Luo and company about this New Guinea base, and maybe it's just from Caraba in general. They don't specify, but they are aware of its defenses, and Hayato is like, we could take this. We got this and that they're interested in that. Now, I don't think they ever say this, but I'm assuming it must have either a mass driver or shuttles um, to then be able to, you know, they could load suits on there. And of course, Amro's pumped because he's like, yeah, go into space. Go and have my soul finally stop being dragged down by the gravity of Earth. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, this is a. Uh, so yeah, actually that intelligence must have been Caraba because Luo and company is who contacts them saying that the Argama is going to descend to satellite orbit in about 12 hours. And they're like, oh, that's too soon. We're not going to be to New Guinea until like uh, not tomorrow morning, but the next one. Like they're, they got to, it's going to take a while. That ship is, the Aldumla is not fast. Yeah, it's a, it's right a giant like carrier ship slash like water boat. Yep. The plot dictates that it be slow. Um, so, of course, at this point, the feds are now approaching because we have to have a battle every episode. Yep. Yep. So everyone launches and starts fighting each other. Um, Four actually grabs Amro's Rictius, um, but then she gets like a cyber new type headache, forgot her uh, ibuprofen. Because Camille um, is approaching. Camille yeah. only wakes up when Amro is like launching and the alarms are going off. So that's yeah. what causes it. Yeah. So she gets a headache, doesn't have ibuprofen, so she has to head back to uh, the Sudori. Um, and then she gets <laughs> sent back out again and said, remember, we're going to give you your memory. And she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'll go back out and fight again. I know I came back because I didn't feel good, but yeah, I need my memory back. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I was just like, she's such a one-dimensional character. Like, she, she could be a way better character. But I don't know. Bad writing's bad writing sometimes. Bad character development's bad character development. That's that's the way to put it. She's not a character. She's a plot element. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the Titans are officially out of mobile suits at this point. The only thing they have is the Psycho Gundam. Um. So they Wooder decides he is going to uh, Kamikaze his his uh, the Sudori into the Aldumla. Um, and basically tells everybody except for himself to escape. And he gets like a few guys that are like, we'll stay with you, sir, uh, until the very end. Um, he's like, all right, we'll man the, the gun batteries and we'll, you know, shoot at things until we hit the, the Aldumla. Um, and at this point, Beltorchica shows up again, uh, and you know nothing good can happen with this woman at this point. And uh, she asks Camille to stop fighting alongside Amro because uh, if if he doesn't, then Amro end up dead. 
she basically says Amaro tries too hard when he's fighting with Camille, like they're trying to like compete or be awesome together or something along the lines. And uh, again, uh, one of the few times it happens, Camille has a, a legit point. He's like, you're a selfish bitch and you shouldn't stick your nose in things. Yeah. Um, so four engages Camille, but he's not returning fire. Um, Amaro is with him at this point, but uh, Camille kind of waves Amaro off and tells him, I've got this. You, uh, you go do your own thing. Amaro notices the Sidori. He does, but altar. but Camille also told him that he had he he said I've got I've got the psycho gundam. You go deal with something else. Yeah, yeah, but I think Amaro is more apt to listen because he has okay. the Sidori. Yeah, I, I, absence of anything else to do. Just told you, Amaro is fired up for some mobile suit combat. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's just the Psycho Gundam and the uh, Sudori at this yeah. point. Like he's so fired up, they blew up all the other Hizaks. <laughs> like, what else is he gonna do? Oh, thank goodness that ship over there is doing something dumb. I can go attack it. <laughs> um, so Camille gets grabbed by the Psycho Gundam, and he once again walks out to meet Four. Um, he tells Four about his parents dying because uh, I don't think they'd really discussed that before. She had only really told uh, him about herself so now he's like hey I, I saw my parents die i uh have a girl's name and um but and i like my name now huh and fa is a bitch yeah yeah <laughs> no this is camille gives her his autobiography yeah and it's very emotional and it it's camille opening up and it's one of the only times you see him open up like this to anyone. Yeah. And it kind of solidifies a little bit, the things that they have only mentioned about them feeling and they have seen, you've seen them with their little city date in the soft rock. But throughout all of that, Camille still has these elements of being the Camille that we've seen so far, which is very reserved, very kind of enigmatic in a way here. He is, he's really opening up and for, prompting him along to continue and it's actually a good moment like this is a good scene it's not mm -hmm. a scene that is gonna like, teach you stuff about camille he's telling you stuff you already know about him but it's just the way that they interact here uh this is the i think only part of their so this is um <clears throat> maybe spoilers here this is not the end of their plot in this episode but for this little arc this is if you're I watching the movie it is well, uh, <laughs> if, um, excuse me, I think for this little arc, this is where, to me, it's most effective in giving yeah. you a moment between the actual characters where you get the sense of all the things they've been telling you are, are real. Other, you know, again, other than the date thing and all that. Yeah. 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 No. And this, this actually shows Camille having some character growth because he's like, I like my name now. I don't get mad. I don't think it's a girl's name anymore. And that's when she pushes him out of the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned that she pulled a gun on him earlier. She didn't actually pull a gun on him earlier. I mistook that. This is when she pulls the gun on him. <laughs> right. But he, he does all, you know, he uh, even, uh, you know, talking about character growth, he kind of cops to a lot of what I've been doing is because I thought I had a girl's name and I'm trying to prove that I'm a man. Yeah. He says it out loud. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I, I like my name now. And, and then 
as a direct response to that, Ford pulls a gun on him. Um, so they they <laughs> they disengage, and then uh, just as you think, you know, she's she shot at Camille, so now it's on. Um, she rams the psycho Gundam into the Sudori um, and starts moving the shuttle booster that was uh, talked about what four episodes ago. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is this is that other uh, Zeta Gundam little thing where they'll have a sentence about something and then like it'll make me it'll be important four episodes later. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. she starts moving the shuttle booster. Um, That's a Tamino thing. That's that's not isolated to Zeta. Yeah. Um, so Wooder shoots her in the back at this point, and um, but she's still alive. She's just like in a lot of pain. Uh, and four tells or four new type talks to Camille and Amro. Well, Amro overhears it, but she's telling Camille uh, to return to space with the booster. So uh, Camille says, "I accept your sacrifice," and he um, goes over to the booster. So he like hops on this, I don't know, like, it looks like an, kind of like an old school space shuttle um, with, like, the two little boosters on the side. Um, so he, like, jumps on it, and um, Four, who is not dead, is... Uh, Wooder starts shooting at the booster. Four is still alive, um, and then Amaro kills Wooder, uh, and the shuttle or the booster launches. Um, Amro, the, the, the ship kind of blows up and uh, Amro's Rick Diaz falls away. It's obviously damaged. Um, and uh, we assume that Witter's dead. Um, we assume that actually four is dead in this scene. We'll again find out later that she is apparently dead. She's apparently dead. Order is actually fucking good. yeah. Uh, Camille makes it to the Argama, and then we see uh, Amaro uh, in bed, basically passed out or injured or something along those lines. And Belt Torchica is crying over him. Uh, and we learn at the very end of the episode that Fakats and Quattro have left to go to uh, Grandina. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the movie because I actually didn't watch it to for this for this set of episodes, and uh, in, in the movie. Four is actually shown to like get shot and fall into the water, and she is dead, 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 dead as right now. Yeah, I didn't watch it for this. I was going to for our next one or the one after, something like that. Yeah, and but this is actually a point where I could see the so the cadence of these four episodes, it's all it's all very similar. So yeah. I could yeah. I assume that the movie, and I need to again, I did not watch it for this episode's purposes. I'll, I'll get to that before the next one, or at least these parts of it. You can see the opportunity to just take this and make it one more consistent narrative without so much of the back and forth. Well, I think, I think the major theme of the second movie is this love story. I think the name of the I movie is love or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's called lovers. Love, yeah. Lovers. Is it? I, I think so. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. What's love is the pulse of the stars? That is something in Gundam. I have to go look. New translation. I, I'm going to look this up because I, I just need to know. Um, oh, that's the third movie. Love is the pulse of the stars is the third Zeta movie. Mm, there you go. My bad. Yeah, number two. 
Number two is and look. <laughs> so it's which one is this? Air to the stars is one of them. What is the next one? I don't know. Nugget. <laughs> it's nugget. <laughs> are we are you talking yeah. about the names? Yeah. Yeah, second one's lovers. Lovers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, heirs to the stars, lovers, and love is the pulse of the stars. That's yeah. That's you can not, see why I get him confused. Like it's, yeah, I, 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 reading them back to back like that, I just dawned on me how much overlap. So I, I, I remember the second movie, and I think the second movie does focus a lot on Fort and Camille. Uh, I never saw the third movie because uh, after watching the second movie and not seeing the original series, or not seeing the original Zeta series, it, it was so confusing that I was just like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> So. Yeah, but this this is a this is a, a thing that it's one of the more defining parts of Zeta because the stretch of stuff we're about to get into becomes a slog. It's been pretty eventful up until this point. Yeah, it gets Anyhow. really good again at the end, though. Yes. Yep. We're about to get into like the. This is the, we're about to get into the dark history of Zeta for me, where I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, we got this this stuff coming up. Like the the mobile suits are the good part of what's coming up, but that's about all, in my opinion. It gets real boring real fast. <clears throat> but uh, like this this story with Camille and for you know more to the point, I mean, it's been replicated even in the future. Like, see, Destiny has a whole redo of this with Shin and Stella. I mean, it's not even, it's not even subtle about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the next episode, we're going to be doing like episodes 21 through 24, 25, 25. Yeah. And then 26 through 31. And then we kind of slow things down again. So like the next two episodes along with this one are going to be kind of, uh, we're going to cover more episodes, but there's also just like not as much interesting stuff going on in them. So um buckle up buckaroos <laughs> hey that's you know it's also one of the reasons we only release every other week is because um we don't do some other shows that cover stuff like this will cover one episode a week or something along those lines and and uh, we don't do that we like to group things logically i want to get this next stretch over with <laughs> and i and i made up the plan you really want to know why we're we're gonna do it that way. I wrote hey, this plan. This makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a logical way to group a lot of this stuff. So get re get ready for overarching plot over a long stretch of episodes, and in between we have ships in space, and people go out in them and fight every episode because we have to have a battle every episode. <laughs> yeah, one of one of Scotty's notes for one of the next few episodes is space battle with crazy bitches. Note: this show is too long. <laughs> oh, I think it should have been just one, one season or core or whatever they call them these days. It yeah. could have been thirty. It could have been thirty-six to forty episodes and gotten done everything. It gets done. It's fair. Yeah, because the end, the end does get very good again. But this middle part. Hmm. Well, I think Double Zeta could have. 
done the same thing too, right? Like, it's it's weak at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Anything else you guys have for this one? I got nothing. Camille's a man's name now. I'm, I'm taking, taking it back. I'm taking, I'm taking it back. <laughs> I like my name. Oh God! You just pulled a gun on me. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm glad I'm named Camille. Get out. I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> well, he doesn't like his name anymore again, guys. He's broken. Hey, look, maybe he confused the Pat Benatar haircut for an actual lesbian. <laughs> uh, I mean, we heard the porn music. We knew what happened. Camille's a man now, even if his name's not. You knew what this was. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter at NewTypeFlashPod. Feel free to give us uh, any comments or feedback uh, at NewTypeFlashPod on Twitter and on our uh, Mobile Suit Gundam subreddit content forums, whatever you want to call it. Um, until then, have fun, and thanks for listening. Four holes. <laughs>